Blog Talk Radio.
and for some of the same reasons that we were in the Civil War. When you get to the fundamentals of it all, you know, you listen to some people um, express themselves, and, you know, that's where the conundrum comes in. Because our right to express ourselves is one of those inherent, inalienable rights. We truly do have a right to our opinion, even if it's a shitty, hateful one, right? I believe that that's kind of... What's going on here? I'm being commandeered. All right, well, we have aliens in the machine today. And I think you're probably about used to that by now. Somewhere along the show, weird shit happens. And uh, I'm just going to roll with it. I believe we're streaming and things are happening the way they're supposed to. And uh, that giant uh, Walk for Change logo you see in the middle of the uh, the thing, I don't know if you see it. Maybe it's just me. Anyways, we're going to talk today. We're going to continue our, our our conversation about commitment. And I, I want to lay some heavy shit on you guys today. I just had a conversation with somebody who I, I've known for a long time and I love dearly. And um, in some ways she exemplifies what I see to be the problem in the world. It is just you. Cup of Joe. Oh, okay. I guess we're still good. My my screen is not showing what your screen is, so we're still good. Oh, now it is. There's ghosts in the machine today. That's all right. Anybody who knows me knows I've got a long history with ghosts, and it's okay. As long as they're not throwing me out of the back of pickup trucks, I am all right. So, again, we're going to get back to commitment. Commitment. You know, how do you know when something's right? How do you know when somebody really believes in something? How do you know when something's important? Generally, you will see one or more people showing commitment to the project. You know, professional athletes exemplify that. You know, they're, they're, they generally operate on a plane that's different from most of us. And I think that as much as I don't, fall for the you know the, the the star worship thing i can see why people do because somebody that has that much of a commitment to their own talent um is worthy of respect you know they're doing something that that you or i certainly haven't or or maybe couldn't do certainly haven't done we look at the exceptional people in the world and and even actors and actresses you know, if you could do what they do, you'd be doing it. And as much as I think they get a whole lot more attention than they deserve, they've earned it. They found their way to make that money to to get their faces up there and to get you to take them seriously. I guess in some way, if we believe in something enough, if we're committed to it, it will matter that much. And And... The last little while I've been kind of challenging myself, questioning myself uh, to my own commitment because anybody who knows me knows I've been committed to the human solution from the day one, literally the day one from the day B-H, B 
before the human solution, I was committed to this work. And I'm committed to it because I know what it can do. And I know what it can do because I've seen what it can do. And I've seen what it can do, and I've done what it can do. And I'm that passionate about it. And anybody who knows me knows that scarcely a conversation is going to come up without me talking about saving the world, making a difference, going going a little further. Um, and, and a lot of times people have a conversation with me and they, they get their feelings hurt a little bit. They get a little defensive and they talk about how, well, I'm doing enough. I'm doing all I can. Everybody has things they got to do. You know, people have kids and jobs and, and you know. And I say, yeah, you're right. And look at us. Look at us. Look at the world that we've let happen. Look at the mess that we've allowed to happen. This didn't happen to us. This, ah, here comes the ghost. Here he comes. All right, ghost, talk to us. Hold on, where's, I'm going to get my seance hat out here. Oh, ghost, from the other side. Say some words. Talk to us. Give us your wisdom. <laughs> it is Bobby's fault. Gosh dang it. And anybody who thinks otherwise, come and talk to me privately, and I will explain to you that it is indeed Bobby's fault. All right, can you turn that thing off a bit? I'm trying to talk here. Can I do what? Can you turn your voice off so that I can talk, or would you like to join the show? (laughs) All right, anybody who says I don't have superpowers, um, I think you're wrong. So, back to commitment. We have two kinds of things going on right now. We've got a wonderful person on the line, and she says she's listening, but I'm inclined to bring her up to talk because that's just how I am. Um, One of my favorite people in the world, and, and one of the reasons that she's one of my favorite people in the world is because of her level of commitment. And she's committed to making a difference. And she's committed to doing that in a number of different planes. And if you know her, um, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But there's people that get committed to a work. And they go down a road, they get focused, they make a decision to, to get something done. And they see in their mind the way that it can be done and they just do it. And um, I applaud that, of course. I applaud anybody that reaches outside of their own comfort zone on any level ever. But in my opinion, that's kind of the easy way. Even though we can make it as hard as we want, it's easy because all you have to be responsible for is yourself. And you get out there and you do your work and you you can put the best effort in every day and 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 that's wonderful. But on some level, the hard part is when we have to bring together people. Anybody who's ever tried to work in a group or has worked in a group will know that that's where things get dicey. They get hard. They get they get to be challenging. But, you know, I'm, I'm discovering in life that as we move along in life, we grow. And as we grow to a certain place, you learn that you get a new set of challenges. And if you outgrow those challenges, you'll get another set of challenges. And I don't know that it ever ends. 
I, I think we're built to endure challenges. I think that's kind of how we're how we're programmed, and I think that that's how we we get fulfillment. Maybe certainly, what I think is a, a is a is a part of why we're here. But I think that there's an ability to bring people together that very few people have, and Lord knows I struggle with it. I try to do it. Maybe sometimes more, maybe sometimes less. That's the purpose of this whole show, is to bring people together, to get us to see our common threads, our common goals, our common visions, our common values, and and maybe to get us to think about putting aside our differences. And And I've said this so many times, you know, people have a thousand reasons not to show up, <clears throat> and generally one reason to show up. And the reasons not to show up can be anything. Can be I've got too much going on. I'm too busy. I'm tired. I'm sick. I'm. I've got kids. I've got kids that are tired. Kids that are sick. I've got to work. Oh, and and the best ones are well. That person did that. I can't work with that person. I can't work with those people. I can't. I can't. I can't. And if you've ever worked with volunteers, if you've ever worked in uh, anything that is nonprofit or, or, you know, just general volunteer work, you, you'll learn pretty quickly that you generally have a few people that are like, yes, we can do it, and we're gung-ho, and we're, oh, yeah, and there's no reason why not, and we can do anything, and superheroes and all that good stuff, and everybody else. And they come, and they go, and they come, and they go, and they come, and they go, and a few of us march on. And I'm I'm here to kind of peel that back a little bit. And, you know, the good thing about being a human, and I, I thank my creator every day for that, that I have an opportunity every single day to make a different choice. I have an opportunity every single day to take accountability for whatever I did or didn't do. I have an opportunity every day to grow a little bit, to grow up to get over myself, to get over whatever my flaws and problems are. Lord knows I have plenty of them. But every day I make that choice. Every day I get up and I say, well, what is it I'm going to do today? And some things I say I'm going to keep going, and some things I say I'm going to try something new. And some some days I, I say I'm going to try to get over something and, and, and get past it. Um, but lately... I see um, a lot of people coming together uh, under a lot of banners and under some common banners, and I, I see some people that are good at getting a presence to be seen and some people that are good at doing and some people that are good at planning and some people that that are good at, at just um, showing up and being a part of. And some people are just... Natural unifiers. You know those people where wherever you go, you'll you'll see that one person if you get in a big enough group, who just you want to talk to, you want to be with you. You he or she is just that common thread that that no matter who's there, they find a way to 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 make it okay. And they're the conflict res, re, resolvers, the ombudsmen, the the, the peacemakers, um, the unifiers, and and. I think that you're a special breed, and I, I try to be one of you. Um, 
But then I look around at the world and I see this happening again and again and again. And, and unfortunately, I feel like it's happening again. We had a, a, a cannon fuse that went off. And people came and rallied. And they're still rallying. But we don't see them the way we saw them. We don't hear about them the way we heard about them. We don't see the politicians being held accountable the way they were a month ago. So what's happening? Well, it's that commitment. And part of the commitment is being able to show up. And and as my dear friend said, well, people have jobs. People have kids. People are afraid of the COVID. People are whatever, for whatever reason, People have reasons for not being able to get together. So what I said was this. You know, I understand that not everybody can be everywhere every day. Not everybody can show up for everything. And not everybody can even do anything some days. But what can we do? What can we do? We can do something that I wish more of us did. We can share our thoughts about these things that we care about so passionately and so real and so forcefully that we get another person to come and join us. You know, it's almost like sales, but it's not really sales because sales is where you're trying to get somebody to do something that maybe you care about, maybe you don't. This is more like evangelism, you know, somebody who truly believes in a cause, in a in a in a in, in something bigger than themselves that you just you just want to share it with them you want to you want to you want to let them know that this could make their lives better that this is something that if they got involved with if they were to do it it could help it could change the world and i think that that's what we're missing you know we talk about things and we share things and you know sharing is caring and it's all about the facebook thing and F you guys, I'm sorry, it's weak It's not enough You know, and I know I'm going to hurt feelings And I know I'm going to go people and say See, they're right But I don't care You know what I do care about? I care about the problems that persist I care about the fact that people are continuing To get charged With Crimes that have to do with uh, The cannabis plant I care that Our justice system is still broken. I care that we have career politicians on both sides of the aisle that haven't done dick, that truly haven't done anything. And you look at the politicians that have been around the longest, and they are on both sides of the aisle, and you look at the records and you say, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do to change the world? Well, you know what they did? They got a really great retirement. They got great benefits. They got great perks. They get to walk around and people know who they are. But what did they do? What's their legacy? I know what I want my legacy to be. I want my legacy to be a part of the new world. Not the new world order, but the new world. The new world that we could create. And and you know what's keeping us from creating it? What's keeping us from creating it are the people that aren't doing anything. Well, no, let's go to the very be- the end of the line, first of all. 
let's go to the problem. What's keeping us from doing it are, number one, our, our adversaries. I don't want to call them enemies, but our adversaries. Those people that benefit from the oppressive behavior that we're fighting against. Okay? Call them the opposition. Those people certainly um, are part of this problem. Then the next part of the problem, I think, and probably the most prevalent, I don't know how many people last I checked, we've got over 300 million people in the United States. How many of them do anything at all to make the world better, to make a change, even vote? It's a lot less than could and should, a whole lot less. So let's take that one step up. If even 1% of those people were to get up and decide for some reason, some reason at all, that, you know what, I don't like it the way it is anymore. I think I want to make a change. And then what do they do? What do you do to make a change, right? Oh, I'm going to go and find a group. I'm going to go find somebody. Well, where do you find them, you know? There's so many groups and so many little things going on. How do you pick one out? How do you vet it? How do you do? Do you just take a chance? Yeah, I guess some people do. Some people just get out there and make their own sign and get out there and get a message going. They start their own thing. A lot of people do that. Okay. So that's certainly one easy step forward. And then there's the people that do get involved. Something happens. Somebody they know has something happened to them, maybe it happens to them personally, they have a child that gets in some way affected by one of the issues that we're dealing with, and these are any human rights issue, not just the cannabis prohibition, but any human rights issue that affects so many people. Well, they get involved for a little while, and then they realize, well, hey, this is work. It isn't just a quick show up at the game and, uh, you know, Check one off, I got it done. No, this is the real deal. This is this is an ongoing, protracted battle that's been going on since the dawn of civilization, and it's going to go on until we fix it. It's not going to end on its own. It's only going to end when enough of us get together. And then you got those that are willing to get together and maybe decide to organize and get a group together because, you know, we're stronger as a group. United we stand, divided we fall. The United States is strong because it's many united from many one. That's what makes us strong. That's the strength of it all is bringing us together, right? So you got people that are willing to engage in a group and, and help that group to become strong. But as anybody who deals with a the group, they come and go. And some of the leaders persist. But here's where I think everything breaks down. If we truly got it and we realize that, you know what, we are doing everything we can, then one of the things we're doing is sharing our message, sharing our vision, getting more people to help. Because i got to tell you, that's the only way it's going to happen is when enough of us are helping, when enough of us are standing together, when it's not us and them and them and them and them, but it's us. When every group of people that cares about the same thing says, yeah, we're together, we're working together on this one, 
I'm with them. They're with us. We're together. When that happens, then we got a chance. Then we got a chance. And when we care enough about our mission to get you to get involved, and maybe you pay your dues, maybe you show up at a meeting, maybe you participate in planning an event, maybe you write a letter on behalf of somebody who needs a letter. We've got uh, a guest on the line right now who needs a letter written. And with all the effort he's done, with all the Facebook, he's gotten a handful of letters, in my opinion. A handful of letters. And there should be thousands. And it's because of this divisiveness. It's because of our unwillingness. And I, you just got to call it for what it is. You know, we could, we could reach out and be more together. We could. We could. We all could. We all could say, hey, I'm part of this thing. I'd sure love to talk to you about it. Hey, I'm doing this great work. I'd sure love to invite you to a meeting. And it's not Amway. I'm not going to sell you some subscription to something that isn't real. I'm not going to try to hook you into a MLM scheme. I'm going to introduce you to some people that care, that care enough about making the world better, that stand up for each other. That, that go to great lengths to and, 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 and give great sacrifices to make the world better. Maybe it means that um, somebody's going to go to court for another person, testify, or, or even just be there in support. Maybe it means that we're going to go and, 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 and speak um, at your capital and go and talk to your elected officials and try to get them to understand. Maybe it means that you're running for office. Maybe it means that you're just getting people together to listen to what they want to do and maybe come up with an activity. All of those things could happen. But you know what? We need more people, more people to come together. We need each of each and all of these groups to be bigger and to be more unified. And I got to say, when I see and, and, and listen to other leaders and other groups and when I reach out, I'll always reach my hand out. I will always reach my hand out and say, come on, let's do something together. Let's work together. Let's do a project together. Most of the time, they say, sure, yeah, I'd love to work with you. And most of the time, they don't. Most of the time, nothing happens. And it's never important enough to bring something together. Now, little by little, we're finding projects that are big enough and Maybe important enough. I mean, i, I got to say, maybe that's the deal. Maybe they're important enough that's bringing these groups together. Walk for Change is certainly one of them. But I challenge you, if you're part of a group, if you're a leader of a group, if you're a, a solitary activist or advocate, and you want to affect the world in a positive way, and you want to fix some of these problems, you want to end the criminal justice problem, you want to end cannabis prohibition, you want to end racism, you want to end uh, all of the oppression that's been going on, you want to end uh, lifetime governorship. There's all kinds of things that we need to end. Bring some equality, bring some life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness back into our lives. What if we lived in a world where we could be free to act as we saw fit as long as it didn't harm anybody else? Because that's kind of what we were told we could have. That's kind of what our founding fathers spilled their blood for. 
That's what they said anyways. That's what they wrote down. But somehow we've let it get to this. All these different people doing all these different things. And frankly, it's so watered down because we're not connecting. We're not joining. We're not making it big so that everybody can see it. And I welcome, I encourage, I ask, I challenge, I plead, I beg, whatever it is I need to do, come on, let's stand together and do it out loud. Don't just do it in the back room. You know You know how many people, <laughs> this is a good one, you know how many people I talk to privately? As anybody knows, I'm not the Facebook guy. I'm not the guy who's just doing everything on Facebook and blah, 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 blah. I'm the guy who sits there and actually has real face-to-face meetings. I'm the guy that, that, that sits in, in, in the back room, and we have, we have real conversations on a real-time basis five to seven times a week or more, sometimes more, planning and organizing and working together. But the thing that I find is that when it gets public, only a handful of us are wearing it on our sleeve. You know, this solidarity ribbon, this is a symbol in its own name, solidarity, solidarity. Look that one up. Look that word up, solidarity. Who's making an effort to stand together in solidarity? Because if you are, I want to talk to you. Those ribbons were out at Cascade Lodge today, baby. All right. Now, now, one of the things I was talking about earlier today in a meeting was that a, a bunch of us, we do, we do a lot of stuff. But we're not good at telling the story. We're not good at sharing it. We're not good. And so people don't even know what we do unless we're out there doing it with us. And you were just doing some amazing work today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing, oh, ghost in the machine, Bobby Rodrigo. <laughs> well, so to keep it on the simpler side, uh, a group, of, a coalition of, of nonprofits and for-profits uh, under the umbrella of the Wave Northwest and Food Fleet and the Walk for Change and We Do Better Relief and others uh, are in the process of developing an economic empowerment food supply, food supply chain model. Now, as part of that, we have already in hand 40,000 pounds of donated Alaska fish that just came down from Alaska, was processed on the boat. It's, uh, we have about uh, oh, almost 30,000 pounds of lingcod and about 12,000 pounds of stablefish. So I arranged for 5,000 pounds of it to get moved down to the Portland area because it came into the Seattle uh, port. So we could start this, uh, doing a distribution. So we contacted the Oregon Food Bank, which I got to tell you, it's one of the better operating food banks there are I've ever been around. And for those that know me, they know I'm in relief work for many, many, many years. And so they, they're doing a one – one of the things that one of the uh, communities that is in dire straits in the Pacific Northwest and everywhere, actually, is the Native American community. So at Cascade Locks, Oregon, there is a, a vast network. Uh, there's a, a bunch of uh, Native American communities that is tied to the area, et cetera, et cetera. So it was scheduled by the Oregon Food Bank that they have, because of uh, funding that they have, uh, they get, they're going to do a food box distribution. That has, uh, and I actually did a video. 
the walk King fish. But um, the boxes had dairy and protein and produce, all kinds of things in it for family. Uh, you know, uh, you know, gallon of milk, you know, all kinds of stuff. So we decided uh, to, this, our food box program is not uh, ready to go yet. We did, we want, I, I'm a big, if I have a commodity that's for the community, I'm not going to let it sit in the, in the freezer somewhere, you know, and, and, and wait to do it. And so we decided to join forces with uh, the uh, uh, Oregon Food Bank and the Columbia Gorge Food Bank. And, and then we also, Food Fleet, which is, which has 6,000 food trucks under their, under their umbrella, which I'm also a part of, um, had a, we arranged to have a food truck at the place to serve a hot meal to anybody that walked up to it, and they were paid to do it. It wasn't a volunteer thing, which is great. Volunteers are great, as you've been talking about, but people need to make money in, in our world. So the food truck got paid to serve 500 meals to the public, and we gave them the fish to do it, and that is exactly what they did, a, a food truck called Koi Fusion. And I mean, it was amazing. The owner's name is Bo, I know him. Um, and uh, he's been a part of Food Street for some time. Loves to get back to the community. So they came. I got there about 7 o'clock this morning at the Cascade Lock City Hall. I was there last week to do recon, so we, we, all, we all had a plan. Uh, the, the food bank truck pulled up. I pulled up. I have a reaper truck. I had 1,000 pounds food of the Lincoln in the truck. We took it out of the boxes. We put three fillets, three pounds in every bag, tied it up. We, we put the story of the of how we got the fish in, on a card inside of it. And then we put one in every single one. Uh, we gave one with every single box. So from 9 to 12, we gave out about 800 pounds of fish. And uh, the food bank gave out about, uh, about 250 boxes out of about 400 that they had. And then at 12 o'clock, they had to leave. So I took the rest of their boxes with a number of other Native Americans, and we drove around and visited communities that could not attend, that were further away. We went all the way to the Dow. And I did a bunch of videos about all that, too. I was actually pretty, anno I was pretty annoyed, so I probably will edit some of my comments out just because I was really annoyed at what I saw. But anyway, we went and delivered all the rest of the fish, and we delivered all the rest of the boxes, and I'm driving back now... Uh, with an empty truck. Woo! All right. I mean, it's, it's uh, no, no, no. I need a cowbell. I'm tired. Yeah, where's my effing cowbell? You keep talking for a minute. Keep talking for a minute. I got to go get something here. <laughs> so anyway, so that, so that was what the what the day was like. And, and, I, and I, you know, Justin Zellner was there and Kerry John from the, from the, the, uh, the Waves Northwest, uh, which is, I think, Jeffrey Moore and Food Fleet. Uh, Kelly Martin is a part of it. She wasn't able to be there yet, but of course she was manning. She was manning the logistics end of it. She's on my team. You know, I, I was asked to come here to run the logistics because of my experience in the area, and I, I couldn't wait to get here. It's such a great project uh, that you know that we're implementing, and and we're gonna have in, in our possession by the middle of September 300,000 pounds of high-end fish from the Alaska fisheries that is bought from the Alaska fisheries, not donated. It's bought by a donor, but it's bought from them. So no one, so the idea is to empower the food supply chain because of so many people being out of business. But we were able to supply the community and the construction workers who are working in the street. You know, anybody who walked up to the truck to have a hot 
actually, and, and uh, the food bank, you know, they, they did a, uh, they took uh, people's names and they monitored it, and, and uh, we got to touch almost 500 people today, so uh, 500 families, basically. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it was it was very cool until I, they, the only part that wasn't cool is when you go into these really, really distressed communities, I mean, right to their front door, and I, you know, and I just want to go, I want to go to Washington and line them all up. You know, and, and, minus I, and, and remember, everybody, I said line them all up, because I hate them all. Let's just be clear on this. I hate them all. Don't care who it is. Hate them all. I got, I got proof. Just like Joe was saying, look at their records. Man, oh, man. All you got all all to do is take a ride with me. Get out from behind the keyboard. Put your boots on the ground, baby, and go take a look. Awesome. Stop listening to CNN and the Fox News and MSNBC and all these knucklehead elected officials. And go take a look for yourself and see what's going on. That's all I got to say. And I'll... I'll tone it down because I'm going to get more annoyed because I'm really annoyed at what I see today. Well, Bobby, anyway, one, it was a good day, though. It was a good day. One of the things that I'm, that I'm doing with today's show is we're going to be collecting sound bites um, for uh, an upcoming uh, commercial that we're putting together, both for the Walk for Change and for the Human Solution. And so if you could, in a nutshell, um, boil this down, you know, when, when, when somebody would ask, well, why, why is the Walk for Change important? Um, I want you to come up with a because um, answer, and um, we'll, we'll be able to use that as a soundbite for an uh, upcoming commercial. How many do you want? Just one. <laughs> Boil it down to one for today. There's one for every day, I'm sure. But. Oh, 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 so we're doing a because today. Well, yeah, to be simple, um, because 85% of the independent restaurant businesses in this country in the country are going to be out of business by the end of the year because of the situation that we're in. Regardless of what the merits or not merits, all those other things is not relevant. The reality is, is that these things are happening because we are at, we, we are at an economic standstill. And of course, it, I, you drive around and you see all these businesses out of business. So from a standpoint of a cause, the reason I'm doing exactly what I'm doing, and one of the reasons why I want to change is because I want to. I, I want people to be economically empowered, so they have the tools to live. I, it's very simple, and, and we have our government continues to hinder that ability. Doesn't matter what way. It's just that it's doing it because otherwise it wouldn't be happening. And and that's and that's really unfortunate. And and, and then of course, uh, you know, the food supply chain aspect of it is is in such dire straits anyway. But that's my because for today. I love it. Thank you so much. Bobby Rodrigo on boots on the ground, uh, being a part of the solution, making something happen in feeding people. Um, you know what? That's what it's all about. All right, we're going to get to some guests, but um, today is the day that I'm going to encourage you to call in. Um, and if you have the Zoom link, you can come and zoom in. Um, but I want to hear, I want to hear your because. I want to hear why is the Walk for Change important, and why is it important to you. And why is the human solution important? Why is it important to you? And why should somebody participate? Why? I want you to tell me because why. So um, i got a whole bunch of guests up here. So first of all, I'm going to bring up Mike. Um, and Mike has been a regular on the show. He is um, our Kansas chapter coordinator of the Human Solution International. He's also running for office um, in, the, in the Kansas State Legislature. And um, he's currently supporting a number of cases 
Um, and he's also involved in the Walk for Change. And so uh, he's going to give us a quick... Man, ex- if he wins, I won't hate him. <laughs> well, and, and not only that, but I'm going to be uh, out there on the campaign trail with him next week, it looks like, and, and doing what I can to help make that happen. Um, you know, and and so uh, we got Mike Webb up. And then up next, so I, I'm not going to just toss you into the fray, but I have my dear friend Lisa Sublet is on the line, and she says she's just listening but I'm going to coax her up here to get her to talk a bit, um, if that works out. So, um, and we'll see what she has to say. And then we got Glenn Keeley. Tell Lisa I said Don Morrell said she has to come on. And talk. <laughs> All right. Well, she's listening right now. So, um, and she's probably blushing a bit, but that's okay. Um, she's got a good set of pipes on her, and she's always got something good to say. And then we've got Dana um, and Becca, and I don't know, maybe even Didi will come aboard and tell us why it's important. This is something that we want to use as sound bites for a commercial, um, and you don't have to do it if you don't want to. Obviously, we're all about freedom, but if you've got something to say that we could use to help bring other people um, to engage this, you know, why isn't it bigger? Somebody asked me, well, why, why isn't this thing bigger? And it's because we haven't made that effort. We haven't reached out with enough, um, enough heart to get more people involved. And there's a lot of people involved, but there's not nearly enough. All right, so we're going to start off with Mike, then we got Lisa, we got Glenn, we got Dana, we got Becca, and maybe even Dee Dee, and we'll see where we go from there. Mike Webb, you're live on the air. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, you know, just want to say the Walk for Change is important because we need to have a system fixed, and we need to have it fixed right now. You know, the whole world is living in fear, and the government needs to take some action to put people at ease. Well, you're so right. And, you know, one of the reasons I support you as a candidate is because you're coming at this with answers and not just yapping away on a stump speech, but you're actually walking into the room saying, we got these problems and I got some answers, and I'm willing to get out there and make it happen. So um, I think that's super important. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with the campaign? Oh, just trying to get the message out there. Uh, we're I'm having a debate thing tomorrow. Well, I'm setting up for a debate deal tomorrow to be hosted online, and we're going to discuss some things with some of the uh, with some people. And then uh, next week, of course, I'll be speaking at the Pachyderm Club. Uh, so there's a, there's a, a lot seems like anyway awesome and what what are you what are you thinking you you've been at this campaign now for going on a couple of months um what's what's your what's your thoughts about the experience so far oh well it's uh you know i i struggle with the idea i sat through a meeting the other day or a briefing with the kansas policy institute and uh it was hard for me to sit through something for three hours of we all agree on the same problems and I don't understand how nothing gets fixed. And so we're, I'm working through all of that. Really. That's, that's one of the toughest things is trying to figure out how everybody can say the same thing, but not do anything. So, you know, once we get in here a little bit deeper, we'll understand how the wheel really works and we're going to have to make it move. Well, that seems to be a problem throughout um, throughout it all. So 
I know we got a couple of cases coming up. Um, we we got a letter writing campaign going on for Frank Crudo, and we got a couple of other cases with Cassie. And uh, what, what anything happening uh, on the up and coming? Uh, yeah, those cases right there. Frank will be having a uh, a sentencing date set here at the end of the month. They're just going to do a status hearing right now, and then we'll know the sentencing date after that. And then Cassie and Philip are both going to go to trial, and we don't know when their trial is going to be held yet. And so that's you know, important that's for everybody to understand right that they're going to trial, folks, and this is something <laughs> that not enough people do. And you know, we've we've had a few people recently in Kansas step up and go to trial, and it doesn't mean that just because you go to trial that you're going to win. It means that you got a chance, and if you don't go to trial. <laughs> You know, you don't have a chance. So, um, you know, the, the thing that's going to make us one of the many things, you know, it's not just about changing the law. You know, the civil rights laws got changed back in the 50s and 60s. How'd that work out? 13th Amendment got passed, oh, a long time ago. How'd that work out? You know, we still have slavery in the United States today in our prison system. And um, there's still all kinds of, of oppression that happens not all that dissimilar. The hearts and minds haven't entirely changed, not the way they need to. And so changing the law is part of it, uh, changing hearts and minds, educating people about their power and their rights, that's all part of it. So um, getting people to stand up and know that people will stand with them is powerful stuff, folks. It's one of the founding premises of the Human Solution International, and I, I, I can't uh, be more adamant about when somebody stands up and wants to go to trial and fight their case. We've got to stand with them. We've got to stand with them. All right, Mike. Well, how Especially does somebody get involved? Go ahead. Oh, well, you, just, you can get involved with us. We're on the website, thsintl.org, I think, and you can uh, contact us on the Facebook page of the Human Solution International Kansas chapter. Uh, we're pretty easy to find. And then Sarah wanted to tell Lisa Hello, Lisa. We love you, and we need your energy, so you should just speak. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. Why don't you guys just stay on the line, and we're going to go ahead and do a little uh, a little surprise. So we have one of my nearest and dearest folks in my life, Lisa Sublet. Just love her, love her. Lisa, welcome to the show. I know you just wanted to listen, but um, you know how it is with me. Uh, I've got to hear your lovely voice. How's it going today? <laughs> Hi, Joe. I send you so much love to you and Liz and everybody out there in, in California. And everybody is listening. I love you too, Sarah. She knows I love her. I love that child. Well, I didn't give birth to her, but I, I love her like I did. I love it. I love it. So tell us, you know, you've been working with uh, Bleeding Kansas now for how many years? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Almost eight years, Joe. Almost eight years. Well, I've only got a couple of years on you, and and you know, tell us about what's going on. Um, you know, you you've you've been pounding away at the legislature and and working to make change. And um, what what's what's in the works for this year? I know we got the COVID thing happening and all kinds of. It's not like it was last year, but um, I'm, I know there's still efforts being made. What 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 are what what's happening? Well, first I just. I uh, want to ask everybody, please get with Sarah and uh, and Mike and write those letters. They are crucial. Uh, I am probably uh, 
I will, I'll just say it. I'm always busy. Uh, I say I have days I work from the minute my eyes open until my eyes close, and it's been that way for years. And, Joe, you're the same way, and we always commiserate on that. But as soon as I saw Sarah's post or Mike's post, one of them, that they needed letters for Frank, I stopped what I was doing, took the time, wrote the letter, and sent it. It took me just a few minutes. Those of us who've been advocates for a long time, the knowledge is there, and and you reformulate it and you put it back out again. Uh, It's a quick turnaround time, but it can make all the difference in someone's life. And so the cases that we have in Kansas, I I really do ask that people please help write those letters and, and find out how you can be supportive. We are so grateful that we now have a Human Solution Kansas chapter. Uh, it is, helps my workload so much now. I, when I have patients contact me, I immediately send them to Sarah. So, uh, And I will always be helpful there, but it, it has been such a blessing uh, because the knowledge base is there, the organization is there, uh, and um, I know that they'll get full focus, you know. And so it's been such a blessing to have that effort. So, Please, it takes such – I'm not trying to say I'm the busiest person in the world, but I'm pretty dang busy. And if I can take five minutes and somebody else can, those letters can make all the difference in someone else's life. It's the least we can do for our fellow human beings. Uh, and, and so I just wanted to put that out there. Please, please, please send those letters and, and help. Um, oh. For the rest of things. <laughs> One of the best things that's happened in Kansas, Joe, that I'm so excited about is that for years it felt like we were just treading water and not getting anywhere, and we have had so many great ally orgs come in. So now we have the Human Solution International Kansas chapter helping all of those patients fighting charges, and we have that to refer to. Now we have the Kansas Cannabis uh, Business Association. We have Kansas Nurses for Medical Cannabis. We have uh, Kansas Republicans for Medical Cannabis. We have, uh, I'm trying to think of someone else, there's been libertarians who jumped on board. Uh, They started their own lobbyist group, and they met with me, oh, I guess, last year, and said, you know, we're thinking about cannabis for our first topic. And I said, let me have 10 minutes of your time so I can convince you to come on board and make cannabis your first topic as a, as a you know, private citizen paid and funded, you know, by public support lobbyist group for the people. And so, uh, and, and, and what you said earlier, not everybody has to agree on everything. I'm not a libertarian, but I have lots of libertarian friends. I have, I'm a Republican. I have lots of good Democrats I work with. It. This part, this issue is a bipartisan issue, and that should never get in the way of anything else fighting on this policy. You have to stay issue-focused because it's, it's one issue that everybody should be able to agree on. We see that um, this industry is recession-resistant during this. Uh, yes, COVID has impacted cannabis numbers, but not the way it's impacted other industry. It is the largest country's largest job generator. These are issues that all of us can talk about, we can talk about human rights, we can talk about social equity. All of those issues are rolled up into cannabis. You and I have talked before, cannabis covers so many issues, parents' rights, children's rights, uh, all of that stuff. We, It's all, I always say it's prego, it's all in there. <laughs> it's like the spaghetti sauce, it's all in there. You can find something that uh, somewhere in the cannabis platform that everybody can come together on. And you have to maneuver like water finds the lowest 
place, right? You have to find those common denominators to move forward. So it's been so great to see. And then I have lawmakers who are putting me in touch with uh, tribe leadership. Uh, that's been on my heart for the very beginning is to have uh, the tribes involved. Uh, we have a veterans group coming forward now to work, including a former um, commanding officer of the state of Kansas for like four years. And he knows everybody and everybody knows him. So it's coming together at top levels. We have support from the KDHE. We have support from the Department of Commerce. We have support from the governor's office. Selections will be crucial. If we can get the obstructionists out and get a new blood, um, uh, again, whichever party, but whoever supports this issue, that's the only thing I care about. Um, <clears throat> then I think we have a real chance. We, I think we would have passed last session if it hadn't been for COVID. Um, we have real hopes that when the governor called a special session, because uh, she said she wanted it heard during special session, but the legislative leadership did not choose to bring it up. So we were really close last session. Um, I have high hopes post-election the session um, that it will be done. So we've seen, seen a lot of good things happen uh, and a lot of more new fresh blood come into the fight. And we've seen a lot of support from top agency heads. We have support from the governor. Um, it, really, the debate for us will come down to policy. That's really what we're fighting on. Uh, we had an interim committee last October, and they recommended, you know, no inhalation methods, no home grow. So still fighting to educate about the social equity part of home grow for the rural and the poor, that it fights illicit market, not retail. Um, we have some people out telling lawmakers that it, it competes with retail. Uh, but honestly, those people are priced out of retail anyway, patients on fixed income especially in rural Kansas. Uh, I have a cancer patient that drives over an hour um, just to see a doctor and get prescription meds, and he has to budget, like, exceedingly carefully to even afford gas to do that. So if you ask him to drive that by insurance, he should have the right to grow at home. And uh, so I'm still fighting for home grow. I'll never quit fighting for home grow. Uh, I'll never stop fighting for inhalation methods. We have too many patients that need those fast-acting medication for you know, spasticity, seizures, uh, all kinds of other stuff. So now we're and protecting rights. Um, I, I will fight to protect 2A rights. I will fight to protect parents and children's rights at school, that they not be discriminated against. So there's certain things that I will never stop yielding on. What happens in the negotiation part, you know, later on, there's a lot, as you and I both know, gets out of our control. But I will never stop on those messaging. But Actually, it's just all good news, Joe, uh, where the message is clear. Nebraska made their ballot, so that increased more pressure. Um, and so it's looking good. <laughs> I, I hope to retire soon. Okay, hold on, hold on, just a second, hold on just a second. I think that Mike <laughs> Webb and Sarah and Lisa Sublet need to come and do the next town hall, and we just have a Kansas section of the virtual town hall. So what do you guys <laughs> say about that? Well, that's it's, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that would be I'm great. Sure we can be next Saturday, not this Saturday coming up, but the following Saturday, the 25th, um, we're doing a virtual town hall. That would be awesome. I mean, Kansas is literally, you know, the center of everything, and, you know, if, if, if you remember at that uh, special session that I attended last year, um, 
you know, one of the one of the th- points that were brought up is we don't want to be the last one. <laughs> we don't want to be the last one to to come around and and, and come to our senses. And uh, you know, this is certainly a, a a topic of discussion. And you know, Lisa, with all this um, uh, unity that seems to be happening, um, it would be it would just be fantastic to uh, do this in a little bit of a live uh, uh, public forum like that. I'll announce, I'll announce it. We're going to call it Bleeding Kansas with Mike and Sarah and Lisa Sublet. <laughs> That's exciting. And, Lisa, I hope you're ready to go into this year just knowing that hopefully it is your final year. And it's so interesting to me along this journey with you because you've just helped me grow so much, and I just love you. And I guess I'm ready to try to get this done this year. <laughs> well, you know, I adore you. I adore you. There is. Very few people, there's just people that you meet, and you see their woundedness, but you see the power of their light. And with you, child, that power just shone through your eyes. I knew you just needed some love and encouragement to to be able to see that in yourself, uh, because you are a powerful force of nature, my girl. (laughs) You always make me cry. I love you. You are a powerful force of nature. So, uh yeah, Joe, so we're so grateful for the Kansas chapter. Oh, also, we have Kansas Normal. Uh, there has been a state chapter there. They they geared up for a while. Uh, kind of somebody had to leave, you know, leadership. You know about leadership changes, but they're gearing back up, so they're also there to support. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's so great to have more people. The more, the more you have, and, again, you don't have to agree on everything. It's what you absolutely can agree on. Find those issues congeal those together and work together and you and i've talked for years on volunteers brother um but it is the hardest thing to do especially for us because obviously most of our followers and membership and the the you know chapters across the street or whatever are patients and i'm a patient so i understand uh this last year uh is my last year as a volunteer lobbyist uh, I did not go to the Capitol this year except for a couple of times. I physically just can't do it anymore. But we ha- the great thing is about having all the new blood, I can just work from behind the scenes. I'm just consultant status at this point. I do all the stuff oh, I, I do know. from home. The, the, the consultant status is, is as important, maybe sometimes more important, because that experience, you know, knowledge doesn't come from a book. Knowledge comes from experience. And to be able to uh, impart your experience to somebody who's got the the, the time and the, and the vigor to get out there and speak, but to be able to give them some pointers, to give them the message so they don't have to bump into the same walls that you have, uh, that's how yes. we move this forward. So it's, yes. it's, it's huge yes. that you're in that spot now, huge. You're exactly correct. It is so it is so good to be able just to, as the new people come in, like we've done the voter guide the last, I don't know how many elections, and that is, it is such a huge task to do, and I was not looking forward to doing it again this year, and this year the Kansas Nurses for Medical Cannabis took that over. Oh, my God, that was such a relief. So just to be able to advise them, you know, and they consulted with me on questions and whatever else and then and have them put it together and then we'll push it out on all social media platforms when it's done. Uh, that was a huge relief. So it is my brother to earn. 
the right to sit back a little and just say, yeah, this is how we do this, or sure, I'll be glad to check that document for you. Uh, it is nice. Um, but And I think it all just congealed at the same time. I think it was absolute providence because my spine finally just gave out right as all of this new blood came in. So I think it was all meant to be. And uh, it's been really great. It's been really great to see the topic move forward. And, and those candidates who are not responding to the questions, uh, I guess they think they'll be off the hook for not responding and they don't understand that voters will barbecue them for not responding. And uh, then I'm just trying to educate voters to ask more than just if they support. Uh, because we've been fooled by that answer before. Drill them down on the policy point. Uh, that's a big, a big must. Um, overall, I feel hope on the federal level. Um, you know, uh, we'll see how these uh, elections play out as well. I really still want to see that movement. You and I are repeal people. Not everybody is a repeal people, but you and I are repeal people. Uh, we just want it repealed. <laughs> And uh, just like alcohol was, um, I don't know that we'll get there, but that's, like I said, that's always the goal. Uh, we will get there. I, 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 <laughs> if I have anything to say about it, and I believe that I do. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you do, too. But I, I want to talk about the power of stuff, too. You remember the one year uh, when we first started the uh, United, uh, the UCPA. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't too long after that they wanted to get rid of Rorf uh, Farbacher. And uh, we had to do a huge campaign nationwide to send in to get them to keep that, that rider amendment on the budget. And luckily they've kept it every year since 2014. But that year, I don't remember what the special issue was, but it was really being challenged. Uh, that's the power of how you can move people um, and, and those aren't people you're going to see in person. We've never, I've never met, you know, James Meisner down in Georgia or, you know, uh, any of the advocates. I've not got to meet them in person, but we've all worked together for years. And, yeah. Wait, and so, so you're still, you're still admin on the page, on the UCCA huh? page. Yeah. You're still, yeah, absolutely. I would never take you off. No way. You were there at the beginning. There's no way I would ever take you off of that. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. But, you know, uh, we have such a powerful uh, – and I actually would love to see that. Uh, I think we could care about that back up huge for national movement. I'm excited about what you guys are doing for the walk. That is a huge undertaking. I get exhausted just even thinking about what all you guys must be doing from that. That is so much well, to bite uh, off. Lisa, as, as kind of a parting shot, because I'm, I'm actually – Running overtime now, and I still got a bunch of people oh. that I need to bring up. But don't worry about sure. it; it's okay. I love that you're here, and and I love what you bring to it. But <clears throat> think about the walk for change, and think about the 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 unifying element of it, and think about the UCCA as an extension of it. Really, um, you know, the UCCA was very narrow focused in in ending cannabis prohibition. The walk for change is more broad about human rights violations. But to me, again, it, it's, it's bigger than all that. It's, it's, it's that potential. This is legacy work. This is a thing that potentially, if we do this right, if we can come together in a way that, that is just bigger than all of us, uh, I, I think this could be that tool that 
pushes it forward enough to where it can keep going on its own. Um, what could you say as a because? Like, why would you think the, that the Walk for Change is is important enough to even care about? I think it goes back to the beginning, Joe, of of you and I, our core belief in the power of the people to affect change. Uh, that that goes to our most beloved and sacred beliefs uh, about what we love about America, that it was supposed to be about us, um, the people. And you and I have always believed in the power of the people. We might have to fight like hell. We might have to fight for years, persistent, and we don't give up. We can see the realization of those ideals. You know, a lot of people talk today about, you know, have we lived up to all of our ideals? Everything's progressive. If we looked at our country like a person like us, I'm certainly not the same person at, oh, God, I'm going to say it out loud, 50, that I was at 20. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so we all progress and grow, and hopefully we get better. But this is how we help things to get better. This is how we realize those ideals. And um, so I believe it's, uh, to me, it's about um, that I believe in the power of the people to affect change. I truly do. Absolutely. And, and, and Lisa, I, I'm looking forward. I don't know what you're going to be doing next next Friday, um, but I'm probably going to be out your way. So I don't know if there's oh, any okay. way uh, we can connect, but uh, I'm going to be out there with Mike and uh, – and, and helping his campaign, so I I don't know. But either way, um, Saturday is the, uh, the the 25th is the town hall meeting, and I'll be there present for it as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to you being a part of it. Oh, you guys are so sweet. I love you and Bobby. I love Sarah uh, and Mike. All the work that's going on with the the Kansas chapter, and uh, I love you guys. So <laughs> thank you for bringing me on. Uh, I was just going to listen tonight, but I love you guys, and, and God bless you for your work always. Uh, thank you so much, Lisa. Lisa Sublett with Bleeding Kansas and just a, an all-around wonderful advocate and uh, person. All right, so we are now overtime. What that means is that we're going to continue on. I never um, cut anybody off. Everybody that calls in to talk gets a chance to talk. And so that will be the case. Becca, we've got, I don't know, I think it must be, I think it's um, um, Dana that called back in. So anyways, um, all right, so first thing we got Glenn Keeling. Um, Glenn had a, a meeting with his attorney today, um, and I got some kind of, I don't know, frustrating news that he said he's only received about 20 or so letters. Um, and with all the, the social media campaigning that's been going on, um, the call to action on our website, all the, all the work that we've been doing trying to get people to uh, get letters written and sent in, um, I would expect to, there to be some zeros at the end of that. So it's not too late. Um, it's time for us to take some action. Like Lisa said, I don't care how busy you are. I don't care um, how broken you are. You can always take a couple of minutes to jot down a couple of words. We've got a template. We've got an easy way to do it. It's on the website, thsintl.org, and all that you need is right there. Glenn, welcome to the show. Um, tell us a little bit about what's happening with your case and, and your meeting. And then I want to hear um, you know, a little a little plug for the Walk for Change and the Human Solution um, as, as to why it's important uh, for people to get involved. 
Right on. Thank you, Jill, very much for having me on, as always. Um, right now in our case, as it stands, is um, <clears throat> the 27th. We're going to head into sentencing on our case um, that has taken two years and eight months to get to this point. Um, you know, no case is ever easy. Uh, it, every case is, I mean, man, it's, it, it's hard sitting there facing what you're facing and, you know, pulling your family through it and, you know, then threatening to take everything that you've worked your entire life for. Um, so, yeah, right now we're just looking at um, asking people to send letters of leniency, um, whether I get probation or time served, that would be great. Um, potentially, I'm looking at still looking at eight years in prison. Um, so, yeah, letters of leniency would be uh, tremendously good. I, and I, I honestly thought that we'd have a lot more letters um, to turn in today when we went to the attorney. Um You know, I I hope that more letters come. That's all I say. You know, Peggy and I are still, you know, we're still plugging away, still writing for letters, signing petitions for Richard Delzai, still writing for Lance Glory. You know, really happy and and thankful that, you know, at least Craig Cecil is not sitting in prison no more. You know, he gets to, you know, finish his life sentence at home, which, you know, it's kind of crazy. Life sentence for cannabis is horrible. Um, So, yeah, right now we're just at really. Hey, guys, I popped in here. Because I want to say something. Just in the last hour or two, what I did was I wrote a a template letter, standard letter for both Peggy and Glenn. I put them up on the website. It's as simple as even if you just want to copy, paste, sign, mail, you can do that. I made it that easy for you. And the call to action button is right at the top of the menu, right next to the homepage. All you got to do is go click on that. There's no reason you can't at least do that. Yeah, and it's, they're both great letters. Both the template letters that are there on the site is really good letters. You know, um, you know, my thing is, you know, the the walk for change for me um, would would be, you know, the reform our criminal justice system and obtain true equality. Um, I think that is the only way that we're going to get through um, this prohibition that we're in. Is you know. Reforming the criminal justice system is what I would say is is what I'm going to walk for. My my walk is going to be for the the reform of the criminal justice system. Excellent. And and anybody who's been wrapped up in the criminal justice system knows um, just just how effed up it is. Um, you know, I spent six years entangled in that mess, and uh, you know, hopefully, I'll never go back. But I certainly. I'm still at risk, and as long as uh, prohibition exists on any level, we're all still at risk. And yep. uh, everybody who's in the, you know, the legal states, it's still federally illegal, and randomly the feds jump in when they see fit. And states still go after people in legal states. So just just be mindful that um, you know what you think isn't necessarily the way it is, and and together we can make the changes. Um, United we stand, divided we fall. Thank you so much, Glenn. And if uh, somebody wants to get involved with the Creative Care Beacon chapter of the Human Solution out of Ohio, how do they get a hold of you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you can real, I'm real easy to find them right there on uh, Facebook under Glenn Keeling. Or you can go over to our page, which is the Creative Care Beacon, and we are the Ohio chapter of the Human Solution. And if those are really hard for you, you can always pick up your phone and dial 419 419- 
863-463-0498. And trust and believe, if you call, I will answer. Excellent. Thank you so much. And uh, we just need more people helping. Um, You can get in and sign up to become a member on the website, thsintl.org. You can get on to the Walk for Change uh, and and donate, become a sponsor, walknumber4change.us. It's that easy. Uh, A lot of people are financially strapped. That's okay. We've got easy ways to be a part of it. You can become a volunteer. Get involved in a local chapter. Help us start a local chapter. Um, Help us volunteer as a writer. um, Share on social media. There's so many ways to help, and we need it, and it's that important. It's important enough for me to be out here every week talking to y'all, trying to find another way that we can work together, trying to find another way to say it. You know, um, Patch Adams, a long time ago when I was going through my case, I saw a speech that he did. You know, the the real Patch Adams, the doctor that – goes around the world and sets up clinics and, and helps people. And um, he had said something to the effect of, you know, we, we all need to find the language to be able to connect with somebody, to get them to understand about how important it is to, to, to fix the injustices of the world. And that's what I'm here trying to do. And I say trying to do, and I very seldom use that word try to do, but because I haven't accomplished it yet, um, but I believe every single day we get a little stronger. Uh, I believe every day if we're doing it right enough, one more person goes, yeah, you know what, I think I do want to be a part of the solution. I do want to help. I do want to give a little bit um, and, and, and help to make this world a little better. So um, thank you so much, Glenn. Um, again, we're over time, but uh, we got Dana. Um, Dana Bland, the Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition chapter of the Human Solution out of Missouri. Um, Dana, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's happening and then give us a little a little clip about um, why it's important and why the Walk for Change is so important. Well, we got a uh, case uh, for uh, uh, Zachariah up there in California, Missouri, Friday. Uh, I'm not positive I'm going to be able to go because my knee's still messed up really bad. But uh, and, and, you know, people might want to check to see if they can even get in the courtroom because they have so many cases going to go through Friday. And we're hoping they, that's just a good sign that they're just going to drop the charges with Zach Salazar up there. Uh, at the end of the month, we have uh, Adela Wisdom's going to court for the first time, I think and uh, find out what exactly is really going on with that, too. Uh, But as far as the walk for change, I I, I walk for change because uh, I'm a very disabled person, and I may not be able to get out the way a lot of other people do, but I can sure run my mouth and and type on the keyboard. Uh, They they come out, you know, with us as disabled as we are and we're considered elderly, with a helicopter and 15 people from the Ozarks uh, task force uh, with guns drawn and, uh, uh, you know, it looked like an army coming up the driveway. But anyway, that, well, I mean, I was already being active as far as activism, but that really set me loose into activism because I don't want to see other people that's going to be abused by the system just because they're sick and they can't take pharmaceuticals like they did me and my wife. And, uh, 
So from now on, you know, as much as I can, I'm going to be out there, you know, pumping along for Walk for Change and the human solutions to take and try to stop this mess and just end prohibition altogether. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Dana. And if somebody wants to get involved with the Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition chapter out of Missouri, how do they get a hold of you? That don't look like Joe. Okay, I'm Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition. Uh, Human Solutions International Chapter, Missouri Chapter, uh, Court Support. And my number is 417-847-7974, but you can always get a hold of me on Facebook. I always answer everyone. And uh, if we don't know about your case, we can't do anything about it, but as soon as you can get the information to us on your case, get it to us the sooner the better. Uh, We need to get this country changed. Things are not looking good around here. And... uh, you know, it's something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, but it's here. And so we're just going to have to really stand tall and, and get our what we're pushing for through and get our rights back and stop this stuff that's going on. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, Dana, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for being a part of the solution. And uh, hopefully your words are going to cause at least one more person uh, to get involved and, and to realize how important it is. All right, once again, we are running low, low, low on time, but you know what? Heck, we're on a good roll, and um, Becca popped in for a second, and I know she's got a little little something that we can put a soundbite in as to um, why is the walker change is so darn important. Beck, Beck, Becca, welcome back. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. So tell us a little the bit about change your- me. For me, the big reason why I'm walking – the walk for change is to end racism finally once and for all i want people to not be looked at or looked down on for their color i want everybody to be seen as beautiful and worthy and valuable i want an end to racism and and you know it, it this is the perfect time you know there's a lot this is this is being brought to light um you know racism is whether we want to uh, acknowledge it or not racism's been prevalent in America and all over the world for ever. Mm-hmm. And yes, and we, if you think about it, 1969 wasn't that long ago. Nope. We all know people <laughs> that were that lived through that the civil rights movement, which was never finished. So yeah, Not, racism is alive and well. But you know, Lisa brought up a good point in that um, the country's not a baby anymore. And you know, when no. we when we were a baby. We, we acted like a baby, and we knew what we wanted. We didn't want to be oppressed by this king, but we sure wanted uh, things the way they were, and, you know, we, we, we carried these these bad habits through our society. But you know what? Now we're kind of a, a young adult as a country, and it's time that we uh, maybe step up and get a little responsibility, you know, just as a, as a young man or woman might, might realize that they need to do um, it's time, you know. We've always had the ability to be leaders in the world, and at many points in in our history, we've been leaders in the world. Um, and I think it's time again. You know, there's there's countries that are more advanced with their tolerance um, than we are right now, and to me, that's that's not acceptable. We should be the ones that lead the way and show how how it should be. And and I believe that the walk for change absolutely. Um, it's going to help get us there. So thank you so much, Becca. You are an amazing, amazing person, and I'm so glad to have you 
be a part of both the Walk for Change and the Human Solution. And I understand Oregon chapter is getting a little bit more uh, lit up. Anything you want to say about that? Yeah. I'm going to be um, holding a Zoom meeting, hopefully in the near future, to have a chapter meeting for the first time in, Lord, probably two years, trying to get back out there and get active. Well, invite me to it. I would love to be a part of it. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Becca Nichols. All right. We are literally uh, an hour and 20 Bobby's fault. Bobby's fault. The ghost in the machine did this. And so uh, we're going to bring up Tom Corby to close the show up. And, uh, Tom, remember, um, I know you've got a lot to say, as you generally do, but one of the things that I need you to say is a little soundbite to tell us about, number one, why it's important to get involved with the Walk for Change. And, uh that way we can hopefully get more people, not hopefully, that way we will get more people to get involved and to be a part of the solution. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. Yeah, well, thank you, Joe and uh, Lisa, Becca, and uh, all those on the front line. And why do we walk for change? To veto bad laws. First of all, like the war, the illegal war on cannabis, to deschedule cannabis, there should never be any schedule on our sacred plant. That's why we watched change. I have my actual fourth letter to Keating Kimmel. What's that say? Joe will tell you that after a while, consider your judge and you're getting these letters, one after the other. Now, they're both basically saying a lot of the same thing. After a while, what's the judge doing? He's counting the letters. So I always keep my, my letters, try to keep my letters to brevity, even though I'm not that much brevity. <laughs> Joe, and... Uh, I changed the letter to Peggy Sue uh, because I think it's different circumstances here. And one thing we don't understand here uh, is the same judge, they're married. Why are we sending two separate letters? Not to say that more letters count, uh, uh, but so uh, maybe they have uh, different charges. On that, Joe, do you know? I believe I believe they're charged with the same items, but they're facing different uh, different penalties. Oh, I but it's, see all the same. it's all the same case. It's all the same set of circumstances. Right. And I don't mind writing the other letters. It's just a, it's just the first time we've uh, experienced this. And what else? What I'd like to talk about is the medicine today, and I've talked before. I've been using cannabis, not marijuana, made up in songs to scare you. Reefer Madness Miss. They used to call me the psychotropic man in the 60s. What's that saying? <clears throat> I believe all psychotropics were good to you. They're all cultures, natural plants. 
why I might still be alive today because I always lean back when if it didn't know didn't grow natural. Man's not messed with it. Always lean towards psychotropics. From peyote to masculine to mushrooms and LSD. Now here's reefer madness myth with LSD to scare you. So what is LSD, folks? It's a rye culture. It's Aragon. It's just another psychotropic. And they're all good for you. And by the way, cannabis is a psychotropic. So I'd like to share that. And I finally realized 52 years ago when we only had three-finger $15 Mexican, although we had alcohol gold and we had some good stuff too, uh, I remember we when I first uh, turned on back then in Nevada, we went into to uh, Danny Danny's to eat, and I and I was sitting there, and I took a bite. And I said, "Oh my God, I didn't know food tastes this good." And I look around, all these people don't have a clue how food, good this food tastes. So getting high, so what do you mean to get high? And they make us look bad that we're dealers and we get high. I finally realized that why we feel better after we use this medicine is because without cannabinoids in your system, your homeostasis will be out of balance. And by the way, our case up to Dr. Courtney and Daisy way back then, Joel remembers, Dr. Courtney proved that CBDs are actually in other milk on the baby. So we actually have CBDs, THC, in our bodies. And that's why it's hard, not like alcohol, to prove uh, a DUI, hot DUI. very hard to prove. And by the way, a, a guy like me, an old hippie, uh, you know, I've consumed a lot, a lot of cannabis, and I surely like your fecos. <laughs> and so, and the best, the full extract cannabis oils. And I want to thank you for all your great products, uh, Willow Creek Springs. Check it out, folks. You always want to get the best. Now, I could give another talk today. We're out going to Frank Hands right here. And he wanted want to say a uh, one-liner on Walker Change real quick with Frank and Ann. Walker Change, that's how we make change. All right. Frank and Ann. And awesome. we're headed out to the And we're going we're gonna to do a video eventually, and I'm going to share, start sharing on the radio show what it takes to get this the best medicine for all our patients. And believe me, we're all patients. And uh, so one of the reasons we work out in our garden is because we're out there and we get exercise, we're sweating, we're working, and we're outdoors where you're less chance to get any kind of virus. Yeah, I want to thank Joe and everybody today coming together to finally end this failed war of cannabis and prohibition 
free all our POWs. No one should go to jail for our sacred plan. And my wife, Don, would always say, don't forget to just breathe. Thank you all today. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. And uh, thank you, everybody, that has made this show yet another great one. And uh, I will see you all next week. And uh, I think uh, old Willie Nelson's got a little something he wants to say. I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always...